Ladies of Alex Radio, it's Friday night and once per month in this sexy, sexy night, you'll have the sweet, sweet pleasure to discover with me, La the Red Star, the history and the secrets of burlesque. And we do it in a way that it's very special and unique. We do our best to find the real ladies that made burlesque back in the days, that made history, that were part of the world of live entertainment and more particularly of the art of striptease back when this art form was at its highest peak. And um, I'm every month doing my best to find one burlesque legend. Yes, that's how we call the original performers that created this art form. And this month was particularly difficult. I will take the liberty to say her age, as I know she wouldn't mind. She's now 79 years old and she's still so full of life. So anyway, obviously I couldn't find her on Instagram or Facebook, but I need to somehow find her phone number in Ohio United States <laughs> but I made it and I'm so glad and uh, this lady is something really really special and this is going to be one hell of an episode her name is Val Valentine also called Cupid's Cutie <laughs> and she started burlesque back in 1955 so you can only imagine all the stories and adventures she'll have to share with you tonight and I can tell you that she's not a shy girl <laughs> she's still got so much to say and give <laughs> so stay tuned and enjoy this fourth episode of this third season of Burlesque on Air. Don't forget to subscribe our iTunes and TuneIn podcast uh, and to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Burlesque I will speak no further in order for you to enjoy these stories from the sweet voice of our Burlesque legend of the month, Val Valentine. Enjoy! <laughs> Hello. Hello, Val Valentine. Welcome to Burlesque on Air. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this for so long, but you are one of those legends that hides quite well. <laughs> some of the legends, <laughs> yeah, some of the legends are very present on the internet and on some social I media know. and so on. But uh, I had to make quite re uh, research to find your personal phone number, and I was very, very excited to finally talk to you. <laughs> So I'm kind of incommunicado, you know what I mean, as far as the world. Well, but that's, I'm not hiding. <laughs> well, your fans are always able to find you, you see? <laughs> Thank you. By the way, I'm looking at your beautiful picture in the burlesque magazine from Vegas. You're oh, very pretty. Thank you so much. By the way, I didn't mean to say that right away in the beginning and look like a crazy woman, but you have always been my woman crush. I have had a crush on you for so many years. Your body is so hot, your waist is so tiny, and your butt is so big and juicy. I love you, Val Valentine. <laughs> well, you know what? It's a good thing butts are in again, thanks to uh, all the big-ass women in the United States. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, Val, I will never, ever, ever forget the first time I saw you on stage. So you went back to the Burlesque Hall of Fame in 2011 for the Walk of Fame, and then you performed at the Burlesque Hall of Fame in 2012 for the first time, but I... Exactly, exactly. exactly. But I saw you for the first time in 2013, and... Wow, you came on stage. Well, first of all, your costumes are always so amazing, and we'll talk about that also later. But you came okay. on stage like a sweet, innocent girl. And then from time to time, you would get such like naughty and raunchy moves. And I loved it so much. This balance between, of course, your um, um, ballet background, classical ballet background, and like really naughty and uh, sexual at the end, you know, burlesque. I loved it so much. And especially your face expressions and your beautiful smile. I mean, really, 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 I was so starstruck for you. For you I loved you from the first time I saw you on stage and then I went back to Europe and I talked about you to all of my friends I was like oh, I saw this burlesque legend I felt in love with her she's so amazing she represents exactly what I believe burlesque is and so on and anyway so you have to know that many many people really 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 appreciate your work not only of course what you did in the past but also what you're doing today and you know how amazing you look on stage so day. <laughs> 
Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate it. I, um, like I said, the first year I went there, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anything, so I just did the walk thing, you know. <laughs> and then this, when they invited me back, I thought, well, hell, I'm going to do a number. Yes. You know, <laughs> and I've continued to do that. Well, here's the problem. The costumes that I've worn in the last several years were my original costumes. Wow. I managed to get my fat butt in them, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I was very small. Those, those are original costumes, like the butterfly one and those. Those are 30 years old, those costumes. It's crazy. You know what I mean? I know that and you... I've run out. Yeah. I know I've that... run out. <laughs> I know that your granddaughter loves to wear your costumes for Halloween parties, right? Oh, yeah. Well, no. I made her costumes. <laughs> I wouldn't let her wear those. <laughs> they're, they're too fragile. I never liked heavy uh, wardrobe. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because I'm, a, I'm small, and I don't like heavy, heavy stuff. And also, to pack it on the road oh, every yes. week. You know, I mean, my my stuff I could, and it never wrinkled, you know, maybe the panels would, but the thing is, it was easy to travel with, plus very beautiful and Mm -hmm. uh, lightweight. I don't like heavy stuff at all on stage. (laughs) Yeah, and especially you with your ballet background, you just float on stage, you're so beautiful, so those light fabrics suit so well your performances. Thank you. I studied, (laughs) when I was very young, I studied dance, I studied ballet all my life. In fact, I used to skip school to go to ballet class. (laughs) My teacher would say to me, aren't you in school today? I said, no, not today. It's a teacher's meeting. And she knew I was lying, you know what I mean? (laughs) Prior to that, I was a a model when I was a little girl. Ooh. Yeah, I modeled children's clothes in department stores and different (laughs) venues. But then when I got older, I never grew up, so I couldn't be a model. I was too little. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was too, too short. And then I really, really was more interested in dancing, you know, and um, I really, and I went at it hard, you know what I mean? That's, I lived for it. That's all I wanted to do in my life. And uh, so anyway, then I, w- I would go on the road in the summer with my aunt, who was in burlesque. Her name was Mitzi. Yeah. She was a feature in burlesque for years. And on my summer vacation which would be, you know, in June. I'd be packed by April to go, you know, because to me that was to go to the theaters, you know, and that's when they had chorus girls and production numbers in the burlesque theaters, you know. And my mother would say to me, I wouldn't tell the teachers or the kids when you go back to school what you did on your vacation. You know what I mean? I just want to take a little break to place chronologically our listeners because your voice, you sound so young. And when I saw you on stage, you look so amazing and young too. But you are one of those original, one of the really, you know, first burlesque performers. You made your career in the 50s. And uh, so I don't want to give away your birth date, but uh, I know it. Yes, you do. <laughs> and yes, I mean, you it's. Do just so amazing how great you look and the energy that you still have on stage but anyway when we talk about uh, your childhood and so on we are talking about the beginning of the 50s and uh, you dropped out of school to start performing in 1955 right when i started working in the 50s that wasn't my childhood i was around burlesque theaters a lot you know longer than that when i was younger in the summer on, on my vacation (laughs) from school and I would get to go and hang out you know and go backstage in fact she played Toronto one time and they had this beautiful chorus line there and I got to go to the chorus girls rehearsal and the choreographer that year whose name was Chuck Gregory I sat there very quiet I knew how to behave and not to be a pain in the ass you know when I was a kid because adults don't want to be bothered with bratty kids you know (laughs) and I would sit there very 
poised and ladylike, and he said to me one day, Carol? I said, yes, sir. He said, jump in. And he let me rehearse with the chorus girls. I was in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) And he told me, he said, now you have to be on the end of the line because you're short. (laughs) I said, okay. Those were the highlights highlights of my life yeah and you said in, in inside your head no i'm not gonna be at the end of the line i'm gonna be in front of everyone i'm gonna be a burlesque star and that's exactly what happened <laughs> oh my god i loved it when i was a kid so that's my experience around burlesque theaters yeah and to project this um what you just said into you know into right now uh into present times uh, It is such a great message that you're launching also to the uh, new burlesque performers that are performing now, that uh, being a nice person and a nice person in the backstage, a nice person to the technicians and to everyone else around you, it is such an important part of success, of having success in burlesque. It's not only about being great on stage, there's so much more that plays a role into someone becoming a burlesque star. And it's also being generous toward other people and being friendly and nice and professional in the backstage as much as on the stage. You know, that's what's so lovely about the Burlesque Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. The camaraderie there is exquisite. They can't do enough for you. They are so lovely. And all the people that attend, which, you know, are a lot, they sell out every night. (laughs) These people are just lovely. You know, and plus they're all they're all dolled up, and it looks like a movie premiere there <laughs> with the evening gowns, and I love it. You know. Yeah, I want to ask you a little bit about the camaraderie in the backstages back in the back in those days, because I know that there were quite a lot of actually divas, <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, it wasn't always so friendly. But I guess that sometimes it was. <laughs> I never had a problem in theaters with anyone. <laughs> if you didn't agree or you didn't like them or you didn't want to hang around with them, you just went in and did your job, period. Do you know what I mean? You didn't have to associate Yeah. if you didn't want to. You know what I mean? And they were cattier in burlesque theaters than they are now. <laughs> Some of them are. I got, I got kicked off a show once because I what? had red hair. What? <laughs> yeah. They held, I was in Boston and um, I had, oh, I told you, I always had long hair. Mm-hmm. So the owner of the theater there, Mr. Engel, who is my friend, said to me, listen, we'd like to hold you over a week. Then I naturally, I thought, what, are you going to cut my salary? He said, no, no, you'll get your same salary, but you will be the co-feature the second week. I said, oh, okay, because I happen to like Boston. I said, what's going on? He said, well, we're bringing so-and-so into Baltimore and she won't work with the redhead. <laughs> I'm not telling you who it was. <laughs> but anyway, you you get the idea. That's the only time I ever got held back. I got my same salary, you know, and that, that happened. And then I worked with a real star one time called Georgia Southern mm-hmm. on a uh, New Year's Eve. Georgia Southern was a big burlesque star. It was a New Year's Eve weekend, and it was in Buffalo, New York. She, By the way, she was a redhead, too. And she came into my dressing room and introduced herself. She said, hey, kid, what color are you wearing on stage? I said, what color do you want me to wear? <laughs> she, said, she says, I'm wearing golden turquoise. I said, cool, don't worry about it. And we became good friends. She was a terrific lady. She really was. And she was a big star in, you know, in burlesque way before my time. But you see the difference? She didn't care what color of hair I had, but she did say, let's not wear the same color wardrobe. And I knew that anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? I knew that. You don't do that. And you were a good friend with Rosa La Rose as well, right? Yeah. She had the theater here. So she she'd sniff you out if you were in town, you know. And she would call my mother and she'd say, let me speak with Belle. <laughs> and, 
It's funny because every single time that we talk about Rose La Rose with someone on in you know every single time the person tries to sort of imitate her very particular voice apparently. So I feel like I've spoken to Rose La Rose already because so many people have imitated her voice, so it's always very funny. <laughs> <laughs> She was phenomenal. What a, what a woman. Oh my god, you can't believe I could tell you stories all day about her. Tell us a little bit. Tell us the best of the stories. Explain to our audience who was Rose La Rose and tell us a little anecdote. She was smart, brilliant, and very rich. And she, <laughs> Rose La Rose, there's a, there was only one. There'll never be another one. She really knew her stuff. She really did. But she, you know, Rose La Rose would notice for showing a whole lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? She really did. And she would come in, come up with these ingenious ideas, you know, about pasties and G-strings. And I know two things that she did. I never saw her do them. I only saw her perform three times in my life. You know, uh -huh. other than that, I, w I worked for her. And we were friends. She would take baby bottle nipples and wear them for pasties. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. And then she did other cute little things with hair nets for G-strings. But she had a G-string on. She worked strong. She really did. And she packed the theaters. She made a lot of money. She had gorgeous wardrobe. She couldn't dance a lick. She couldn't even walk in time to the music. Really? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 Rose, no, Rose was not needing pigeon toed, and she knew it. So what was her gimmick then? The, her gimmick was she had magnificent props, she mm. would tell the story, great, she gave, her face said it all, you know what I mean, she had great, she had great face, you know what I mean, <laughs> and she worked strong, real strong. And she didn't have big boobs or anything either. Yeah. Well, it... nobody did then, you know. And she was clever. And she did a lot of little comedic things, you know, in her number. She would tear the house down, and they would line up around the block to see her. She was very famous <laughs> and very dear. Yeah. Well, what is really amazing about burlesque is that, I mean, everyone has their own secret to success. Your secret to success was as well your dancing technique and your elegance and your grace. And then someone else had other things. And still nowadays, it's the same thing. There's not one single key to success in burlesque. There's a, a woman trying to find her way with her own strengths and her own uh, beauty and a way to the top and uh, yeah. it, it does work when we let our true personality just free and when we give it all on stage when there's this uh, special sparkle that just lights up the audience sees it absolutely yeah. and, and you people you young people that are out there are gorgeous your wardrobe is exquisite i mean you you're you're really in it for, you know for the long haul and it shows you know what i mean beautiful people beautiful girls talented lovely wardrobe presentation is everything yeah. you know what i mean yeah how you pre it is packaging is <laughs> There are a lot of features of the dance that carry you through the gates of heaven. It's madness to be always sitting around in sadness. When you could be learning the steps of gladness, you'll be happy when you can do just six or seven. Begin today, you'll find it nice. The quickest way to paradise When you practice Here's the thing to do Simply say as you go What are you doing in my song? I wrote it On Monday, happy as a lark You'll be getting started When you learn to toe the mark 
That's toe the mark, toe the mark. On Tuesday, then you ought to show both your little regals how to do the heel and toe. That's the heel and toe, heel and toe. On Wednesday, walk around the block and at every corner, stop and do the eagle rock. That's the eagle rock, eagle rock. On Thursday, whistle as you go on a journey off to Buffalo. On Friday, take a little stroll and do the Oceana roll. On Saturday, then you let her go when you do the toe the low. On Sunday, I will guarantee that you can do the shivery, 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 shivery. All together now, toe the mark, heel and toe. as well uh, workshops about balletic burlesque where you of course teach to the girls the importance of carriage posture elegance and so on so what would be your few suggestions for our burlesque performer listeners that are maybe even starting with burlesque right now or that you know really want the um, uh, suggestion from uh, ad- advice from a burlesque legend so tell us a little bit what would be yeah your advice is for burlesque performers nowadays how to look great on stage and uh, what is the secret of being a great burlesque performer well i i taught a couple classes in vegas and what i tried to tell them is how you carry yourself how you you know what i mean mm-hmm. everything you do on stage should have a, a meaning i don't care what you're taking off okay make it count just don't rip your clothes off and throw them on the floor. <laughs> Many of the original burlesque legends are always saying that don't don't throw your clothes on the floor. Don't throw your clothes on the floor. But back in the days, you would have you would have assistants and so on that you would be able to give your clothes to. But nowadays, we don't have that luck. And as well, for example, at the burlesque hall of fame, there is a there is a rule when you're competing that you cannot have someone else on stage. So you're sort of obliged to throw all the clothes on the floor <laughs> no i don't you notice there's always a chair on the stage where i put my gowns yeah oh, okay that's okay. a great advice yes yeah well like i said we we would like a, a chorus girl or somebody on the show even the stagehand would catch our wardrobe not on stage but in the wings mm-hmm. and hang them up for us of course, kids used to do it, and naturally, we gave them a tip at the end of the week. People didn't even set in their wardrobe. 
Yeah. And like I said, when I work in Vegas, I have a, uh, if you notice, there's always a chair. True. And I lay my gowns on the chair. What Christ, they'd be in shreds if I didn't. You know, a couple <laughs> things I kind of throw up. Uh, but not not the gown. I never do that. We had people catch our wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And like I said, chorus girls would do it, and they'd put them on a hanger, and sometimes they would hand them to you when you came off, or sometimes they would just take and put them in the dressing room, you know, depending on what the theater was like and, you know, backstage. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we never... No, you didn't throw your... You paid too much money for them to begin yeah. with, you know what I mean? And these are your tools of work. Now, if you're doing some kind of number where you're supposed to be mean and hateful and, and tough on stage, yeah, I can see throwing it on the mm. floor, maybe, you know what I mean? But not beautiful, delicate wardrobe. It should never be thrown on the floor. <laughs> That, so, that's old school, you know. When you walk out on stage, you want to walk right down to the edge and say, here I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, look at me. Look at me and acknowledge them, you know? I always acknowledge the audience. Yes, and it's I, true. You give so much of yourself and we really perceive it. We we see that and we do receive so much of you 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 seem okay. to have i mean for our listeners the burlesque hall of fame audience it's about what 2000 people watching the show something like that and i feel like you give something to each one of them like i felt that you looked at me in the eyes and i, f- I think that everyone else in the audience felt the same you really took the time to give a little look to every single side of the of the audience and everyone felt involved in your performance and that was great exactly and there's there's a trick to that mm-hmm. you can't really see anybody in the audience exactly when you're on you know maybe the first couple rows but the thing is when you extend your hand out and kind of sweep and and you look or you point mm-hmm. to someone they think they're you're pointing to them you're not you can't even see them <laughs> but you are really in your heart you know what i mean yeah and just open your arms up and acknowledge them you know and i'm glad you said that because that's what i really try to do i i, I bring them in you know what i mean i want them facially Yeah. I want, you know what I mean? I want to make a connection with the audience. And they all think you're doing it just for them. Well, you are really, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you don't know who the hell you're pointing at. But <laughs> extend that to the audience. That's very important. Keep your head up high. You know, don't be looking down at the floor or anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you take objects off, when you remove whatever you're taking off, make it count. You're taking a glove off. Make it like it's a big deal because <laughs> it's strip tease. It's a tease, you know, even if it's a glove um, or whatever it is. Wow, thank you for these advices. So you're giving advices to the, to the new burlesque performers, but who gave great advices to you? So was it Mitzi? And uh, like, how did you feel the first time that you stepped on stage as a strip teaser, as a stripper, as a burlesque performer, this first strip tease that you did, how did it go? Well, when I was little on the mm. road on my summer vacation. <laughs> <laughs> the famous I, summer vacations. I, especially in Toronto, by the way, <laughs> I would get backstage and like I said, nobody said, no, no, you can't go there, you know what I mean, because I was a good little girl. I would get in back of the curtain, and I would follow her shadow. Oh! I'd do her whole number. What? How old were you? <laughs> and I, oh, I don't know, 10? Yeah! I don't know, something like that. <laughs> and you got to remember that burlesque in those days was, was, you know, it was a clean performance, you know. There was no tits and ass, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was different. Yeah. And I would just dance right along with her. And then I saw her perform many times, you know. My mother would take me to nightclubs to see shows. My mother took me to see all the Broadway shows when I was little. I always, even when I was little, I got to go. Because my mother knew I loved it, and so did she, you know what I mean? Now my sister could care less. She'd fall asleep in a show, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
so the burlesque audience back back in the days was composed by men, of course, but also by women and, and kids. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Wow. They'd have ladies' night, and they had, and and Rose LaRose used to have amateur contests. They were fantastic, and she would pack the damn theater. I mean, they'd be lined up. You know, these are and they were amateurs. These girls. Some of them were not bad. Some of them were really bad. And she liked it better when they were bad. Because she would say, she would say come here. And we'd stand in the wings. And if these girls, God love them, you know, they weren't good at all. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. And the audience would be screaming, laughing. And Rose would giggle. She got so excited. She said, look, Val, look what that. I said, oh, get out of here. Leave me alone, you know. But she, she was a smart woman. She would pack. She'd have a big striptease contest once a year at the theater here in Toledo. And she knew what she was doing. And she would stand in the wings and just laugh her ass off, you know. And there was always a few that were pretty good, you know what I mean. I think the winner would get a week's work at the theater or whatever it was. I forgot what they got, you know, for their participation. <laughs> but, Boy. so, yeah. So the man would come to watch a burlesque show because, of course, the beautiful ladies that were step stepping on the stage. And the woman would come to, I guess, enjoy the beautiful costumes and the glamour. And they also came for the burlesque comedy. You yes, gotta remember exactly. that doesn't exist anymore. Burlesque exactly. means burlesque means to imitate, to make fun of, to make light of. That's the comedy. Yeah. The stars of burlesque way back in the day were comics, not women. Hmm. Okay? You had big name stars like yeah. Abbott and Costello. Jackie Gleason was in burlesque. I mean you could go down the line. All they were burlesque comics and they were the stars of the show not the women and uh, that's what bur the actual word burlesque means yes it's got nothing to do with women it's got to do of to mock make light of i worked with a lot of comics i liked working with them but if you continued to work with them when you were in the theaters well features didn't work with the burlesque comics mm -hmm. but i had worked with a lot of them and i liked it But if you continued to work with them, you would never make any money and uh, you would never become a feature because if they liked you in their scenes, they'd try to keep you in your scenes and you would just be another girl on the show. But I really enjoyed work with comics because it was acting and all those scenes and stuff. Now, I was in San Francisco. I worked there 20 weeks one year in the theater. I worked with the comic. I happened to like him, and we had, we were great. But in the circuit, especially East Coast, if you stayed working with comedians, you never made any money, <laughs> or you never got promoted because they wanted you in their scenes because you were an asset to their work. You know uh, what I mean? And I was good at in scenes. It was fun. Yeah, so we, I, we are always starting with one discussion and we end up with something else because you have so many amazing stories. But we were trying to come to your first striptease on stage. Oh, yes. oh, that one. Oh, okay. right. How did you feel? How did it go? <laughs> well, like I said, preparation is the key. Mm -hmm. And I always knew that. You know, I knew that all my life. And I, I don't care what kind of music you play. We, we chose our own music. Mm -hmm, you know, even mm -hmm. when I first walked on the stage, you chose your own music. But you could throw any kind of music at me and I can dance to it. Mm -hmm. Anything. I don't care if you play God Bless America. I can dance to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. I mean it. So I was prepared And I had been in a lot of uh, recitals when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and I always got to pick the kind of numbers I wanted to do and the music I wanted to use, even when I was a little girl. And my teacher would let me do it, and we did recitals. So I was used to the stage, and I guess what? When you walk out on that stage, it's like you're home, baby. You yeah. are home. Yeah, you it's true. It. Huh? So I, I wasn't afraid or... 
Oh, you always get nervous, and invariably, when you're in the wings waiting to go on, you got to pee. You know what I mean? <laughs> you get, I don't think it's nervous, it's anxious to perform. Well, That's the word. <laughs> Did all of your performances went so well, or were there a few mistakes here and there from time to time? For example, once... I was working in this cabaret. It was three shows a night for a full month, every single night, actually six six nights per week. And, you know, I was getting inside this routine and my apartment was, was on on the floor upstairs, the theater, on the um, one floor upstairs, the theater. So you would get into this routine of going sort of up during your routines. And, and I went down and I went on stage with my slippers on, <laughs> with my house little <laughs> shoes on. I didn't even realize it. And they, well, luckily they They were sort of cute and pretty with little, you know, feathers sort of in the front. But still, you know, those things can happen. Did you ever had some sort of little mistakes like that? Or were all of your performances so ballet perfect? <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I'll tell you one that you might think is funny. I uh, was working in New Jersey and in Newark or Union. Yeah, in Newark. And they had showgirls and chorus girls and everything. Well, when they do, you know, they did finales in the uh, shows. So they, the, the showgirls and the chorus, everybody would be out there and they'd say, and now the future, they would introduce the acts and the comics and everything, and then they would introduce the future. And I came out and I backed up and there was a platform and I... I tripped and fell. I fell backwards on it, but <laughs> I fell on my butt. I didn't fall, you know, my full body, and I just sat there and just put my arms up in the air like it was supposed to happen, you know, <laughs> just stuff like that. Nothing, nothing, no, there was no catastrophes. I, uh, I don't recall anything like that happening, <laughs> but, I, you know, I took a, I just backed up into this thing and like kind of sat down but I really didn't start sit down I fell hard on my butt you know <laughs> and then I put my arms up in the air and took a bow <laughs> <laughs> nobody ever noticed the difference the and show I used to on. avoid stand well I used to avoid standing next to showgirls because that showed how little you yeah how small you were you know <gasps> But and I always liked them when they put them on pedestals and steps and everything, you know, because they were all tall and then they had big headdresses on, you know, which mm -hmm. made them two feet bigger, you know. But, uh, oh, I don't recall anything really bad happening. <laughs> they say into your And in this heart of yours burns a flame A flame that flickered one day and died away Then with disillusion
despite being so small as you you know as you say quite often for what i know you won the burlesque anatomy award in 1958 so it wasn't that bad huh your small little body no 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 it wasn't no no it was <laughs> so what was, was this prob- anatomy award tell us about it oh that was propaganda yeah. you know damn well it was <laughs> <laughs> they they would pin titles on you. Some of them I really hate, and they still use them. I wish they would do it. You know, Cupid's cutie. Oh, that's so sickening. You know what I mean? I didn't want to have that, but the theaters, when they did their ads, yeah. they would put that kind of crap in the paper. You know what <laughs> I mean? The sweetheart of burlesque. Please, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? I well, I that's because of the name that I wound up with. I didn't like that name at all. Who gave you the name? No, an agent <laughs> in Chicago. When I was having my wardrobe made and getting ready to go out on the road, came down to the dressing room one day. He, his name was Bobby Goodman. He said to me, boy, I got a great name for you. I said, what? He said, Val Valentine. I said, oh, God, I hate that. I said, everything in my life will have to be hearts, you know, and I don't want. He said, no, Val, this is a, this is a great name for you, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of left it at that. So when I left Chicago, I went and opened in Buffalo, New York, and I'm going to rehearsal, and I look on the marquee. Val Valentine said he submitted that name uh, and all my pictures and you know the theaters would send out their ads do their ads up for 13 weeks <laughs> so I got stuck with it and I called him I said Bobby what did you do I don't like this it's too I don't like gimmick names you know what I mean <laughs> and at the time I didn't like them anyway and so I got stuck with all this Cupid's cutie and the sweetheart of burlesque and all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I wound up with the name. I even had a a top, a bustier, all done in hearts and red jewels and sequins (laughs) one year. (laughs) Yeah, I want to ask you, but what was your favorite signature act to perform what what was really your favorite act oh there were several yeah but one one was here in toledo rose la rose i told you how how nuts she was she said to me like on a wednesday night i got a great idea we're going to do a christmas theme i said okay (laughs) i said what do you got we rehearsed this thing she had you see rose had all the props she had all the stuff that you could use. She had me in a sleigh on the stage with reindeers and Christmas trees and packages. That was a beautiful number. And I had red velvet gown on with a white fox stall. Everything was really cute. It went over. And then I would walk out with the microphone and sing Santa Baby, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It was a really good number. I'll send you a picture of it, by the way. I have I sent out Christmas cards one year with that. But another one she did last minute, she makes the piano player stay and we're gonna rehearse this number where I was a, a doll in a doll shop that came to life. Hey. That was the best one. <sighs> oh god, I love doing that. And we rehearsed real late into the night. And like I said, she had all the equipment, scrims, and she had the carpenters backstage build me a counter, and on top of it, it said doll shop. You know, I did a a doll that came to life. God, that was so much fun, (laughs) and I loved doing it. That was really fun, and uh, I, I did it. I think she used to kind of put me to the test all the time because truly and truly she didn't care if you screwed up because she thought the audience would laugh you know (laughs) how how often would you create a new act well when you worked on the circuit uh like i say the 13 weeks Mm 
mm-hmm. you could do the same number each week in yeah. each theater. Now, some theaters had a two-act show, so you would have to do... Uh, the second act was always shorter, mm-hmm. so you could just do anything. I don't know. I just would daydream these things up. You know, different themes, different music, different uh, wardrobe. But you could repeat that for the whole 13 weeks if you wanted to. Yeah. You know, now, if, if you were in stock, like in Miami or Chicago, you would change your number every week. Wow. Yeah, you know, different music and I don't know. I, just, I got an idea for this year, if I can ever find anything to wear to do it. <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I don't have any wardrobe left that I haven't worn. <laughs> but I, I wanted, well, I'm going to tell you because I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it or not, but I want to do something completely different that people don't expect from me. Yes. But it's got to, it's so different from all the pretty stuff that I've done. You know, I kind of think some of the stuff is kind of pretty and very, a lot of ballet you know what I mean? Yeah, I but still, to... as I was saying in the beginning, there's you always put a little naughty movie in it, so it's not as, you know, angelic. Oh, I know that. I, I do that on purpose. <laughs> but I I want to do something in, so different. You know, come on, I'm going to be 80. This might be the last one. But this is, like, I mean? this is what is great, I was about to say, is that first of all, at eight years old, you're still... You still want to create and to make new acts, which is crazy and amazing. And second of all, you want to be just wild and crazy, crazy and that you, (laughs) (laughs) than when you were young and performing back when you were young. So it's like, it gives, I mean, to me as a, you know, as a young woman, sort of, I mean, I'm not that young anymore, but sort of, it gives me like so much hope. I actually like cannot wait to become a bit older and be, you know, just crazy and full of life like like you ladies are because all of you are so just inspiring in different ways and with different personalities but it just inspire us young younger generations and younger women you know to just live our life to the fullest and that it doesn't end you know as society sort of trying to tell us it doesn't end the life of a woman when we are 40 50 and then it's sort of that's it no it's not that way you can still be super sexual and super creative and super crazy even much later on in a woman's life and it's really really this is uh, i mean you're not you you burlesque legends are not only inspirations of as performers but really also as women and thank you i have <laughs> never felt anything about you know being the underdog or anything mm. about being a woman even then i never had a problem i never felt like we were being taken advantage of or anything yeah. you know what i mean it didn't it never occurred to me but because i was you know, out there by myself, I knew what I was doing, and um, no, I've never felt it. I think, you know, there was no women's lib then, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? What the hell was that? I was always liberated, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, we did everything ourselves, you know? We we were just out there, and, and we were... These women, like um, April March, mm-hmm. Camille, Alexandra the Great... I could name several. Judith, you know, mm-hmm. these are strong women. Yes. They are strong women. And, yes. Uh, and the only time we don't get strong is if you let some guy interfere with you. <laughs> exactly. And this is <laughs> and this is actually exactly the topic that I was uh, about to approach, which is your yeah. love life. And I know that you said I was always focused on the performances. I wasn't interested in men, but you still ended up marrying three men. So... I know, they were all gorgeous. Yeah, and your love life was quite an adventure as well. So tell us a little bit about it. Well, yeah, I was married three times, and two of them, we stayed friends. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's really hard to stay married to anybody for more than five years. (laughs) I found found that very difficult. You know, I really did. did. And then one of them would say, you know, why don't you give up the business? And I said, well, you know... How dare you say that? Exactly. You know what I mean? You, you know, you can't change people. Mm-hmm. You marry them and you're attracted to them for a, a reason. You can't 
change them, mm-hmm. that's when things get, go bad. You know, I wasn't going to stay home and bake cookies, okay? <laughs> okay, that was, okay. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. What do you mean, Cupid's cutie Val Valentine wouldn't stay home <laughs> baking cookies? <laughs> not close, not nope. even close. No, I'm not a domestic goddess <laughs> in the kitchen anyway. <laughs> Well, in the bedroom, maybe a bit more, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, they were all they were all lovely, all three of them. Even though the one of them I don't like anymore, but yeah, they were they were perfect. <laughs> but so, would you would you date mostly men in the industry, or what was the vision of an average man, you know, in the '60s about a striptease performer? Would 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 you would have you been able to be in a couple with just a normal man that wasn't part of the industry, or what would have oh, been yeah. his vision of yeah yeah, and then the fun of about being on the road, you know, every town you went into, you could be somebody else. <laughs> I had boyfriends in every town. What? <laughs> well, yeah, but there were a lot of them. Believe me, I had guys all over the country that I knew, and. Um, <laughs> And we all remain we all remain close and friends. Truly, truly. That's <laughs> the truth. And but, like I say, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was like uh it was smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs> and um what about your fans? Would you have crazy fans following you and offering you amazing presents and doing crazy things for you? You know who my biggest fan group were? Were gay guys. Really? Oh, yeah, they loved me. Yeah, they really did. I had a big following. I had groups of gay boys that used to come to the show, and they really liked me. And they would bring me little gifts and and come back and see the show more than once. You know what I mean? That was great. It was fun. Yeah, I had the gay guys like me a lot. And then I would get flowers on the road, you know, in the theaters. Um and lovely letters but i never went out with any of them <laughs> I, no you you had to be you you know you're out there alone you have to be careful you yeah. have to always watch what you're doing and be cautious i never had a bad experience with men on the road no i, I was just curious about if you would remember one like really really big crush that you had on the road on some particular boy that you went crazy about. I'll tell you about one that didn't happen <gasps> that I was insanely crazy about. Okay. And I met him quite by accident on a plane. And today I still, I could cry about it. Really? I'm on this, yeah, check <gasps> this out. I'm on the plane. So I, I sat down next to this guy and he was sleeping. <sighs> he was, he, you could see he was really tired. So I just sat down, I buckled up, and then the um, stewardess came by, and she said, would you like some coffee? I said, oh, God, yes. And I looked over at him, and I saw his eyes kind of open. I said, do you want some coffee? He goes, yes, please. So he sat up after he knew he was getting coffee, and he opened his attache case. And I naturally, I looked, you know, and... Uh, I'm looking at his stuff, and I saw his name on mail. I almost had a heart attack. It was Jerome Robbins, one of the most famous choreographers in the world. Wow! Yeah, West Side Story, you know, it goes on and on and on. I thought, oh, my God. (laughs) I thought, oh, my God. I don't know what to say to him. You know, he was, and he was really good looking, too, by the way. And, uh, And I knew, I knew he was bisexual. I knew he was, you know, but who cares? I just wanted to know him, you know. Anyway, he started the conversation. He says, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Detroit. I said, and where are you going? He said, I'm going to Cleveland. My show opens there tonight. And I said, really? (laughs) I said, I know who you are. I read your mail, your envelopes. He goes, oh, you know who I am? I said, of course I know who you are. So then he said to me, what do you do? And I told him, I said, I'm in burlesque. He went, you are? I said, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're, you know, we're talking back and forth now. It's getting better all the time. So he says to me, listen, 
why don't you get off the plane with me in Cleveland and come see my show tonight? Whoa. Girl, I almost fainted. But guess what? My husband was waiting for me in the airport in Detroit. Oh, damn. <laughs> there were no cell phones then. And I thought, is this worth a divorce or not? Or what? <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I, I told him. And he laughed. I wanted to be friendly with him. I wanted to be real friendly with him, but I wanted to know him also. Well, consequently, we said our goodbyes, and that was that. But I, to this day, I think about that. What would be the kind of man that you would fall for? Uh, I like men that have a good sense of humor, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. People that you have things in common with, do you know what I mean? Not just, hey, sex can be great, but what about afterwards <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know unless it's just for sex and then you say uh, you know I'll call you that was a favorite thing I would do if it was just an instant for you you know you knew it was sex and that was it I'd get up clean up my act and leave and say hey I'll give you a call and you know damn well you never would <laughs> do you know what I mean that was just sex Yeah, yeah. So what you was know, your favorite era to perform? Probably the 70s. Yeah? You know, 60s, 70s. You know, I, I loved working in San Francisco when everybody in the world wanted to be in San Francisco in the 60s. You know, I mean, that's where everybody in the whole world wanted to be, where it was really happening. You know, I mean, my God, it was ex wonderful to be able to work and be in that scene also, you know, it was perfect. And I always tried to do that. I always tried to get booked in or be somewhere where things were going on, you know what I mean? <laughs> like San Francisco also has a street called Broadway, and that's where all the great jazz clubs were, and I love jazz, Yeah. you know, and I love classical rock, but I, I'm a jazz person. <laughs> and I got to see everybody I loved in San Francisco at the jazz clubs. And, um, and in fact, when I quit working in the, uh, you know, as a performer, I went to work at a jazz club for 10 wow. years. I worked there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was about to ask, what did you do afterwards? How did you feel those 30 years between your last performers and your big comeback on stage? <laughs> no, I, I used to go, there was a, a very famous jazz club, believe mm -hmm. it or not, in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> it was the third oldest jazz club in the country. And wow. a lady named Rust, Rusty owned it. <laughs> you could probably look it up on your computer <laughs> rusty's jazz cafe and i was i used to go in there because if i was home to see my friends to hear the you know i knew all the musicians that played there and uh i felt comfortable going in there alone you know and i'd go and i was in there one night and she came by the table and dropped a little note on the table she knew i wasn't working anymore you know in in, in the theater She said, meet me in the kitchen. <laughs> so I did. And she offered me a job. And I worked at that club for 10 years. It was like being in show business. <laughs> It had music seven nights a week. We would draw from Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago, all over the country, pick up big names en route to, you know, one-nighters. I loved it. I loved it. I really wow. loved it. So it was... I was happy you know and, and you still are you're one wild lady and you're not ready to stop any soon <laughs> i hope not i hope not what about your life in general did you do everything you wanted no of course not i don't think anyone ever has done everything they wanted to hey listen i know we got sidetracked about burlesque but burlesque was my life and it brought me back to life you know what i mean yeah. all the years that i was and if i had met those kids and met leslie zemeckis and those kids from detroit the dizzy dames It would have never happened. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It would have never happened. If it hadn't been for all them, I would have just been sitting here uh, probably sewing pasties or something, <laughs> doing something, you know what I mean? You know, just tell these new girls out there, be a lady. Yes. Be elegant. 
walk out there like you know what you're doing. Keep your head up high and do what you do, but let them know that you own it. Yeah. That's the thing. The audience loves that when you... Yes. They really do. But I really mean it when I do it. (laughs) I'll tell you a little clue about what I might want to do if I can pull it together for June. If I haven't been invited back yet, by the way. (laughs) They they have to call me, you know. I don't have a computer. Oh, of course they will. <laughs> But anyway, I did you ever hear of Lou Reed? Yes. You remember a song he did called Walk on the Wild Side? Of course. Okay, that's a little bit. I'll tell him and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side. Candy came from out on the island. The back room she was everybody's darling but she never lost her head even when she was given head she says hey babe take a walk on the wild side said hey babe take a walk on the wild side and the colored girls go do 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 here and a hustle there New York City is the place where they said hey babe take a walk on the wild side I said hey Joe take a walk on the wild side sugar pump fairy came and hit the streets looking for soul food and a place to eat Went to the Apollo, you should have seen him go, go, go. They said, hey, sugar, take a walk on the wild side. I said, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. All right. Jackie is just speeding away. She was James Dean for a day Then I guess she had to crash Valium would have helped that patch I said, hey babe, take a walk on the wild side I said, hey honey, take a walk on the wild side And the colored girls say Do, 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 the idea walk on the wild side hey girl walk on the wild, wild side <laughs> and so <laughs> and so with this amazing uh, news that you are revealing to us we unfortunately have to come to the end of this interview that has lasted for way longer than what it should have but it has been amazing thank you so so much thank you for everything and thank you for being your fabulous yourself bye ciao baby Alex Berlin. Deine Stadt, dein Programm.